Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hi, my name is Katie Nichols, and I'll be reading Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, and 2, verse 7. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Then the Lord God formed man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, good morning. I'm just trying to adjust to the lights. (laughs) Uh, What a joy to be with you this morning. I I was with your 945 worship service earlier and shared with them and shared with you also that I have experienced uh, such hospitality from the members of uh, Stonebridge, uh, people who have greeted me, welcomed me, up by the office and said, welcome. Uh, your hospitality, without exaggeration, exceeds by far uh, most of the churches I've been to, if not all of them. And as a district superintendent, I was in one of our churches every week, either preaching or doing something else. And uh, if they didn't know I was a superintendent, they, you know, nobody said anything <laughs> uh, until they realized who I was. <laughs> And, and here your people were so generous and faithful. I've uh, been associated with your church for many, many years. I was your di- district superintendent from 2013 through 2021. Uh, I know of you going way back to your, your very beginning. was a superintendent when you transitioned uh, Reverend John McClarty to uh, First Wichita Falls and transitioned Reverend Jeff Lust into here. So we extend greetings to him and to Jenna for, for your kindness uh, this morning uh, and to each of you. Uh, the text has been read for our hearing from Genesis 1, 26 through 27, uh, and Genesis 2, 7. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word revealed to us through the Holy Scriptures and your word revealed to us through the incarnation of Jesus Christ whose life, death, resurrection, and exaltation we celebrated a couple of weeks ago. And his life and resurrection guarantees us that we have life in him, life more abundantly, life everlasting. And for that life, we we give you thanks and praise. We pray that we would use the life that you have given us uh, to lead others to you. We pray that your light will be so reflected in us and through us that we can lead others to the eternal light. You, God, our creator, creator, our all in all. So receive this, our prayer. We pray in the strong, perfect, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Amen. Well, you have a wonderful theme uh, for the next several weeks, uh, Better Together. Uh, I had submitted my theme, uh, The Gift of Creation. Uh, I'm going to rework it and, and choose your theme, Better Together, because we are better together. In the book of uh, Genesis, we get our text. God created them both male and female. Uh, in July, I, I took a new assignment, uh, assignment as Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Initially, it was racial diversity, and as I began to um, do the work, I realized that that was too narrow, that diversity is much broader. Uh, but I began to work in July and August, uh, and in August, I realized I had to have a cervical fusion for the bones in my vertebrae, um, two, three, four, five, and six, had deteriorated into the spinal cord. So I was out for about a month, and when I came back, I looked at the work I had done the previous two months uh, to pick up from that work. And uh, when I looked at it, I, I was shocked at what I saw and what I didn't see. It was a word that was not representative of me at all. As a matter of fact, it was inferior work. And as I looked at it and looked at the notes and all that I had done, I was shocked that I had done work so inferior. And as I looked at it, then it, it occurred to me that I had been in so much pain that I had almost become numb to, that I had to have a cervical fusion, had lived in pain day after day after day, 24 hours, that it affected who I was. It affected the quality of work that I could do. It almost made me a different human being where uh, whom God had created me to be could not be manifested at all. Then when I realized what happened to me, because of deteriorating vertebrae. It also occurred to me that racism can work the same way. It can distort uh, one's personality when one is beaten up again and again and again and devalue one. And one cannot rise and become all God has created us to be. I saw it a couple of weeks ago as I visited one of our persons of color who was at another church and began to have some problems there. And as in my role, the bishop asked me to go check and see what was going on. And I met a human being who had been beaten up again and again and again by what I, rather than calling and, and branding someone as racist, unconscious bias, stereotyping this person again and again, day after day. When I met her, there was no joy in her personality, in her speaking, no, no gusto, no, no, no vibrancy whatsoever. I saw this depleted human being. And then as we talked for a while, and, and she, I, we shared a joke, and she laughed. I said, oh, there you are. I saw behind, beyond all of that. But as I went back to the bishop, I couldn't get out of my mind 
how an unconscious bias had beaten her down so. I like this text because it, it reminds us and may that when God created humankind, Adam, Adam and Eve, he created them, male and female. And the text says he blessed them and instructed them, whatever Adam and Eve, uh, to be fruitful and to multiply. I like that text because it reminds me that, that diversity is not a new modern concept. You're with me? Microphone on? But it reminded me that diversity is of God. And he blessed them and said to them to be fruitful and to multiply. That inclusion is of God. Hmm, that's one thing. And, and Genesis 2, 1, said, and God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living being. Before that, he was a cadaver, a body with no energy, no excitement, no creativity, uh, no vitality, just a cadaver. And God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, and he became a living soul. The image of God, the likeness of God, the creativity of God, the energy of God, all the goodness of God dwelled in Adam. Theologically, we understand it as the imago dei, the image of God in us. The indelible stamp of God's goodness, likeness, dwells in all human beings. That helps me, not in this this, this position, but in my journey of life. And it has guided me all of my life. Even though I may not have understood it as the Imago Dei, I understood that the image of God dwelled in me. And I like that, you all, because it helps me to understand who I am as a son of God, as a child of God. And it helps my self-assurance and self-esteem and self-confidence and willpower because I know, I know who I am in God who dwells in me. But not only does it remind me of me, it reminds me of every human being I meet, regardless of one's walk in life, regardless of what one has gone through in life, regardless how life has knocked one down, or one, what one may have gotten addicted to, or whatever it is, when I see another human being, I am reminded that that person has some God in him or her. And the only way I can relate to them is, with, is to relate with their dignity and respect uh, as a child of God. And it governs me. So as a pastor, I've, I've known people whose life is knocked down. But when I see you, I see you as a child of God. As a pastor, I've known people who've gotten addicted to mood-altering substance. But when I see them, I see them as a child of God. It not only governs me about myself, but it governs me how I see one another. And it reminds me that, that, that we have to invite everybody in because we're all created in the image of God. 
I'm a part of an organization, Self-Realization Fellowship. It's a meditation group brought to America by Paramahansa Yogananda from India in 1920. And when I go to the ashrams, Self-Realization Fellowship that I'm affiliated with uh, has a monastic order composed, comprised of, of nuns and monks. And when we go to World Meditation Convocation and on campus, whenever the monks and, uh, and nuns see other human beings, they always bow. And my sister, would, would, uh, who doesn't understand this journey of mine, would always get on me about the monks and nuns bowing to other human beings. And so when I met one and got to know one, Brother Ishtananda, I asked him, why do you all always bow to human beings? And he shared to me, we do not bow to human beings. Okay, he said, we bow to the divinity in them. Wow, what a, a light, what an understanding that, that these sacred, holy people are so mindful that God's spirit, God's image, God's love, God's goodness is in every human being, so much so that when they see them, they see the God in them and they bow to the God in them. Isn't that an awesome understanding of life? And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, they honor them. As a matter of fact, I share with our bishop, when I go to the World Meditation Convocation when I'm there, I said, it's the only place in my entire life where I've never experienced any kind of ism at all because these people have lived, committed a life to God that they see God in every human being as they are. So that's, that's the other thing about diversity and inclusion. A lot of times when we bring people who are different from us, you're still with me, then we want them to be like us. Okay, y'all not getting this. Huh? See, when, 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 when a different, if it, regardless of his gender or orientation or race or anything else, when they come in, we, we want them to be like us. That's assimilation. And when they do that, they forsake who they are. But real diversity and real inclusion mean that we accept people, we invite people, we honor people just as they are, and we don't try to change them, and, and we accept them and honor them and let them be who they are, and they let us be who we are. And therefore, we're richer because we are different, and corporate America has learned long ago that diversity and inclusion is good for their bottom line. But I tell you, the scripture reminds us that it's not good just for the bottom line. It's good for our spirit. It's good for our soul. It's good for all of God's creation. Hallelujah, somebody. So, uh, as we celebrate and understand the, the goodness of God's creation, uh, as I began this job uh, and initially had to learn a lot about it, one of the things I found out is a lot of people try to, or some people, not at Stonebridge but in other places, uh, escape and, uh, by having diversity but not real inclusion. Diversity but not real value. Diversity but, but really don't make them a part of who they are. 
So I went to visit some of our churches. And so the first church I went to was one of our progressive liberal churches. Progressive liberal. And they were proud of who they were. And they're a good church. And they had a person of color. And I, I visited with them. And I saw the person of color. And they were proud of what they had done. And I'm grateful to them. And then I went, visited with the person of color. Uh, I, I asked her, I say, do you participate in uh, business meetings? She said, no, I don't. Okay. Do you participate in finance meetings or anything like that? No, I don't. Do you, when the church is, is having visions and strategy and planning meetings, do you participate in that? She said, no, I don't. Uh, and, and so she shared, and, and when I thought about all of the things that, that she was there, but she really hadn't been empowered. She was there, but she really hadn't been valued. She was there, but she really hadn't been embraced. I want you all to hear me now. She was there, but she really hadn't been included. And what disturbed me, and I told the pastor and the leaders, all you all did was check off a box. We got diversity, but no inclusion, no power, no value. And because if you value when you had your meetings and your planning and your vision, you would have understood that this person had different experiences, different perspectives, uh, different understanding, and that it was going to bless your experience because hers were different and you welcomed that. That was from a liberal, progressive church. And so I visited one of our conservative churches. We hired a person of color, and they wanted me to come meet him and see what he was doing. He was a handsome fella. And when they worshiped, he was talented. They put him out front. You could see him. He led worship and sang and, and, and prayed and led in the offering. And, and, and he did a fantastic job. And they were proud of what they had done. And they were proud of him, and they should have been. <laughs> And I, I, I visited with him, and I visited with the leaders. They said, let's talk about this. Because they had him out front, and he was doing everything. Then I was proud of them until they made this one statement to me. He was African-American. And they said, when we see him, we don't see color. I said to him, I said, I wish you saw his color. I said, I wish you saw the fact that he's African-American and that I'm African-American. You don't see color? I said, do you realize he lives in far southwest Oak Cliff? Do you understand all that he has to go through as a black man getting from Oak Cliff to Carrollton? Come on, somebody. I said, do you realize some of the, the communities that he live in, that the plight and the poverty they live in. I wish you understood, not because of him, but because of who he comes from. I said, do you realize that, you know, my dad was, I, I, I'm very affirmative of police officers. My dad was a career police officer. He's deceased and in heaven. But I said to them, I said, do you realize all of the innocent uh, black men who have have been killed by police officers? And do you realize what some of them go through that live in impoverished neighborhoods? That every time they're stopped, a policeman is suspicious of them, is rude of them, simply because of their color. I said, I wish you saw the fact that he was black, that you understand what he goes through. You know he's gifted. You know he's talented. You love him. But I wish you could see another part. Diversity is, is, is not just checking off the box but it's welcoming and 
and embracing people as they are. I love that when the text says that God created man, but, but then it says he created them, male and female, and blessed them, male and female, and employed them, male and female, to be fruitful, replenish the earth, and multiply it. God Bless their diversity. And he said, look, when, with everything that God created, he said, I've, I've given you dominion over the cattle, over the... And God looked at all of his creation, and God saw that it was good. That's what I had to go back and tell my progressive uh, liberal church, that now that you have this person, you've got to create an atmosphere where this person can flourish, where this person feel welcome where this person can feel a sense of purpose, where you can feel this, this person find meaningfulness in life, where this person can find psychological safety as the conservative church had done. It's a wonderful our giftedness, our difference, a wonderful gift from God. I'm almost through. I was visiting one of the ashrams for Self-Realization Fellowship, and as I was visiting with one of the monks whom I love, Brother Ishtananda, and when I saw him, I, I wanted to kind of superficially excuse myself for any bad behavior I may have had. And so I said to Brother Ishtananda, I'm not a monk like you. I can get off y'all. And then he said, no, you're not a monk like me. He said, I'm a monk. I'm a renunciant. I have renounced the spiritual world for the spiritual. He said, I renounce, have renounced the material world for the spiritual world. I've given up material goods and foods that are palatable and all of that for a life with God. And then he looked at me and said, but you can be an inner renouncing. He said, you can renounce evil. You can renounce evil. You can renounce racism. You can renounce oppression. You can renounce anything that is not of God. And when I listened to him, I was stunned and shocked because I had been a United Methodist pastor for 41 years, or 40 years at the time. And I had just passed the Custer Road for seven years. And while I was at Custer Road, nearly every Sunday of the year, we baptized an infant. I baptized them. And when we baptized them, I took a creed. We say the creed that I renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, evil, oppression, in whatever forms they present themselves. I had been saying it week after week after week, year after year, and never considered what I had been saying. I went back to my cell, my room, and got on my knees and made a vow to God. I will be and in a renouncing, I will renounce evil from wherever it comes. God created humankind in his image and his likeness. I, I often wonder, I, it, it doesn't happen at Stonebridge, but I'm preaching here. I, 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 I often wonder what people who have a problem with diversity and in, inclusion what they're going to do when they get to heaven. If they get to heaven. Because I was reading in, in Revelation the other day, 
And God took this apostle John, and John had a vision of heaven. He had a vision when he saw all of the wonderful good things of heaven. And then he saw people who were welcome and coming in. And John said, I saw people of every tribe, of every nation, of every tongue, of every race. I saw them all standing before the throne of God. Hallelujah, somebody. All are welcome in the presence of God. And there they were praising God and worshiping God and loving God. I thought, well, now, anybody who has a problem with this, what in the world are they going to do when they get before the master? Because God welcomes into his presence all of God's creation. You were right. You got it right. And your title and your commitment, we are, we are, we are, we are better together. And we serve a living, risen Savior who welcomes all into his presence. I'm through, but I'm rem- reminded how he went out of the way and met a woman that good Jewish men would not speak to, that good, uh, from another a nation, a Samaritan. And when his disciples came back, he, they saw him talking to her. They were astounded. But that's the Savior, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, who invites all of us into his presence. Glory, hallelujah. So, I've, I've come to share with you that our difference, our differences, whether gender, a color, whatever they may be, whatever region we may have come from, accents, or gifts of God, that is a blessing to all of us. God, we thank you that you are no respecter of persons. And that when we get caught up in who we are, that never gets your attention. But when we take who we are to give devotion to you, to advance your creation, to include all of your people, to love all of your people, to welcome and embrace all of your people, it is then we get your attention. Continue to do a good work in us so that we will be pleasing in your sight. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.